Hello, friends. Welcome to this week's edition of Belief Beat. It's a podcast out of Unity Lutheran Church in Brookfield, Wisconsin. I'm Muriel. I'm your host this week, and we're glad you're joining us for our latest installment as we talk about things that matter with people that matter. A cigarette and a morning cup of coffee. It's a beautiful thing. This is one of the many gems shared with us by this week's guest. His name is Alfonso, and he's a graduate and now staff member at Serenity Inns, a residential recovery program in Milwaukee, one of our ministry partners. Alfonso and his wife Sabrina had me over to their home on the north side this week, and Alfonso shared with me and all of you some of his story and the wisdom that he's picked up along the way during both his active addiction and his now three years, four months of recovery. Alfonso graduated from Serenity Inns in September of 2018 after seven months in that program. He lived at their alumni house for a year and a half, uh, came on staff to help other men work on their own recovery, and now he's working on an accounting degree through MATC. He's on the dean's list, which he didn't tell me, but Sabrina probably did, Uh, and it will not surprise you at all once you hear about his love for numbers. Sabrina and I both agreed that the Serenity staff really captured him perfectly when they said a continuous drive for self-improvement, but he actually says it best in his own words. So here's his story. Take a listen. As Sabrina mostly wanted to just be there for support, you'll hear her chime in from time to time as well. Well, I ended up um, coming to Serenity Inns. Um, it was a couple years that I had been Um, actually in full battle with addiction. And um, once I found out that I couldn't uh, beat it on my own, control it, even stop enough to be functional at all, um, I had to go to treatment. Yeah, that's how I got to Serenity. Do you you remember showing up there? Was it a hard decision? Was it just like... Um, no, the decision was uh, pretty easy for me, um, man, because I knew that, uh, I'm like, you know, this is different than any other thing that I've experienced in life, you know, because for the most part, I can kind of see something and try it like this, try it like that, and, you know, gain some ground, mm-hmm. and it seemed like, you know, the the more I stayed in the environment that I was in, it was like I was getting deeper and deeper in the hole. And you know, I knew when I started um, seeking and talking to God, you know, more like, even though I was messed up, I had these conversations about why. You know, how did I end up in a place of misery? How do I end up in a place of darkness and standstill? Um, <clears throat> And, you know, now I've always been pretty adamant about being a family man, a father, you know, a son, a brother. And I wasn't doing anything, just nothing. Uh, And I I couldn't gain no traction. So it was like, um, sit here and die or kill yourself Mm -hmm. or go get some help. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just being able to, like realize that takes so much wisdom I think especially for someone like you who mm-hmm. you're so good at working your way like problem solving and working your way yeah. out of stuff this wasn't a kind of, that was wasn't like that no I, I mean this wasn't I couldn't do this one 
You know, more than I couldn't do it on my own. Yep. Yeah. And so tell us just a little bit about being in treatment at Serenity Inns. What, what, like, what was the hardest? What was the hardest part about your time there? I'll say about the hardest thing um, for me was just worrying about myself and just treatment alone. Um, I mean, I usually try to multitask and I usually try to think forward and I really just had to start living for the day. Mm-hmm. Um, being clean uh, for me was something totally different because I started using drugs at uh, 13 or 14 and I never really knew what I was getting myself into sure. just um, smoking a little cigarette or you know I end up getting my hands on some marijuana and then I started drinking a little liquor and I never thought about that I had been under the influence of something ever since I was an early teen. May I ask how old you are? Uh, I'll be 44. 44, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, Yeah. so, um, you know, and I never really had a chance to so search um, something because I never knew that I had a problem that was as lengthy as what it was. Mm-hmm. I, I thought I just had messed up a few years ago. Yeah. Um, but, no, it was longer than that. Uh, it, it, it was wicked, you know. It's, it's man, something that um, that you really can only grasp the concept of if, if you actually personally went through it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's why. Why when I speak about it, I speak about it in so much of a detail uh, because it's just like when you read books. You know, you can kind of picture, you know, what somebody is saying. So I actually try to give it to people in, in, in a detailed format to where they can, you know, like, you know, wow. So they can actually, you know, see it because it's something that I wouldn't want, you know, not an enemy to go through, not somebody I don't like um, because it's so life changing. Yeah. And just the truth of the matter is, is that some people don't make it back. Right. You know, that's the, you know, biggest thing. You know, I have friends and associates that I went through the program and who I live by. I mean, they're gone. Yeah. Um, just that one time, or I don't know how many times they did, um, you know, after relapse before they actually passed. But I am actually know at, at least a handful of people that died around me. Sure. And here you are. Yeah. We're awfully glad about that. Tell me about it. And it sounds like you've been, you know, making other people's lives better. You've, like, immediately turned around and been pulling other people up behind you. I mean, you know, that's the idea. You know, I've been going through um, um, to meetings, both NAA, HA. I mean, the goal is to pull people in by attraction. Mm-hmm. Um, and if people know that, you know, when I mean, this guy came from the same place as where I was when I came through this door, I mean, it shed some light, you know, in the situation. 
and it may be able to take some of the pressure now off them when they don't know if they can ever be the same again. Yeah. Yeah. Um, maybe because, you know, I felt like that uh, because in the midst of my drug use, I thought at times, you know, will I ever be the same, you know, or will I stop, you know, seeing these shadows? Um, will my mind compute in the manner that it did? Because it got to the point to where I had to start writing stuff down that I never did. And that's when I knew when even uh, man, my mental, just period, you know, I was shook. And... I mean, it took me a long time to just be able to totally feel normal. It's just like um, some of the stuff that I experienced is like, did that really happen? Yeah. Or is it really there? Or is it, you know, my imagination? And it really took me, you know, a little over a year to stop having uh, those type of issues and mm-hmm. to be able to you know, take another step and take another step. Because just because you stop using drugs don't mean that your life goes back to normal. Um, that's just one step of many. Yeah. And, you know, it go from the personal relationships, if it's children, friends, um, to get people to trust and believe in you again is one of the hardest things. Um, and I'm still, you know, working at it now. Mm-hmm. You know, just like Father's Day just passed. Um, and, you know, as much as you want to be the go-to man for your children and stuff like that, I mean, they done counted you out so many times, it's easier for them not to contact or not to put trust back into you uh, for another letdown. Right. You know, and it's something that I really have to understand. Uh, you know, even as a man, you know, sometimes, you know, we're prideful. Sometimes we want, you know, just what we want. And we want um, bits and pieces of uh, what we feel is normal to just be there and jump back in place. Mm-hmm. And it's just not realistic. It's, it's, it's not. That just sounds like you're putting a ton of work. Mm-hmm. And that's just, I mean... Man, what a story of hope, right? That, I mean, even for me, I mean, you're right. It's hard for someone, like, I've never battled addiction. I don't know what that's like. But I look at you, and I, like, I'm hearing your story, and just the proof, like, you are the living proof that it's possible for us to change who we are and how we're living and, you know, become more... People that we want to be, that's not easy to do. No, it's not. And that that's a hard won victory and we we rejoice with you. Thank you. Thank you. How many days, years clean uh, do you have at this point? What is today is June twenty second. So that's six, that's two, that's seventeen, three years three years, four months and seventeen days. It's awesome. Three years, four months, 17 days. Uh, Yeah, I heard that you're quite the math whiz. (laughs) Yes, he is. (laughs) Which, don't you, I'm so hapless with numbers, don't you? I'm I'm, I'm, I'm terrible with it too, yeah. Yeah. And he he computes everything. Computes everything, yeah. Yeah, and you're working on an accounting degree right now? Yeah, Mm -hmm. accounting degree. 
Yeah, tell us, um, like, what are you hopeful about these days? Um, but you're just, I just look at you and I see hope. Yeah. So I wonder what, but, I what's mean, hope for you? But I'm hopeful about, you know, everything. I mean, um, with some great people, you know, at Serenity, um, we have a great networking group. Mm-hmm. Some of the people that you don't even remember their names, but you feel their love or you get a car here or, man, you have to respond, you know, to something. You know, it's like um, they've given me a scholarship to go to school. And yeah, um, and I work a job there. And it's, man, man kind of like a family that, um, I mean, a family within a family. man. Because, you know, I have a big family here in Milwaukee. But in another um I don't know what word I was actually looking for. But um, I know that Serenity is my extended family. Um, And I always don't feel like I owe them something, but I feel like that it's my duty and and it's my responsibility to show up and to give back Mm -hmm. how I can. Mm -hmm. When I first walked into Serenity, it didn't feel like an institution. Yeah. You know, most of the times you go to treatment or you go to county-related programs and stuff like that, you feel like you're an institution. Mm-hmm. Because nine times out of ten, when you first go in there, you have to sign something immediately, and it's like, stand over there. and right. You know, but this was like, you know, man, make yourself comfortable. And you guys are going to be here. And when I looked around, I'm like, okay. <laughs> I'm like, you know, I mean, it feel different, you know, off the bat. So when I went downstairs and I seen the workout equipment and you know, when I pay attention to a certain decor, I pay attention to the books that's on the wall. Sure. And because I want to really get the feel for what can I get out of a place or what is going to happen here. Sure. You know, just like the first time I went to detox, I looked around, county program. Um, everything is outdated. And you have stuff in there from 1984, illustrations. And, um, you know, because the first thing you know, I did, because I'm, I'm, I'm pretty resourceful. You know, when I grew up um, under the care of my grandmother and my grandfather, I mean, for the most part, and they were very resourceful. So uh, when I go places, I'm like, you know, okay, I got to oh, where the literature at, where a book, I know I need a book. Where's some programs? Um, and do they have a job program within the place? Mm-hmm. And I just look here and I'm like, there's not nothing going on here. Yeah. You know, and then I start seeing people walking around in these gowns. And I'm like, dude, this looks like a mental facility. Like, a, I'm like, I hope I don't be here too long. Right. So, um, so yeah, so when I went in there, I, I seen everything. It was, it had a warm feeling to it. Serenadians felt different. Yeah, Serenadians felt different. Um, but one thing that I respected about Serenity is that you get right to it the next morning. I mean, no matter if you got the shakes or you not knowing if you really want to be here or not. Um, hey, uh, 5.45, many fellas, I mean, follow them. Yeah, and just get right to it. I mean, just get oh, right man. to it. I mean, 5.45, follow them. 545. Man, Woo! Out the door. Zero Work below, hard. 90 degrees. It yeah. doesn't matter. Yeah. I mean, so is your organization. Oh, 
close to here or where's the station that it's out in brookfield oh brookfield yeah yeah so we been hooked up with serenity inns for a while um and have several families who like to come bring dinner and eat with the guys and talk with them and I mean, at least, like, for me, mm-hmm. you know, I hadn't known anybody who was in recovery, mm-hmm. um, or at least I hadn't known anyone who was willing to talk about it, mm-hmm. and I was just, every time I go to Serenity, I come away feeling like I've been made a better person <laughs> by getting to be with the guys there, because you just have such wisdom and insight and I know you've paid a price to get it but um but you have and it's inspiring and just you know fires me up to also work on um, myself and Mm -hmm. being honest and being the person I want to be plus it's fun plus they wash your dishes (laughs) and they let me eat first that's my other favorite thing (laughs) they let you go through the line first I love food yeah, it's been a cool... And then, so we, then we bring our... Um, we like to bring our confirmation kids, those middle yeah, schoolers. Because yeah. you guys are really great role models uh, for them. Well, yeah, I mean, and then, you know, I mean, it kind of... Uh, man, it takes the, the fluff out of that could happen to you where they see this was right there. And, you know, I mean, it's right there. And, I mean, you know, to me, the whole experience about the walkthrough and looking at all the people that graduated and stuff like that, that's... That's um, beautiful to me. And even, you know, just, I don't know what's the word I'm looking for. Even just the thought of what an addict is. You know, maybe stereotype. Um, you actually end up sometimes with a different view of what you thought an addict was. Yeah, yeah for sure. That's yeah. what it was for me. Yeah. Because I've been there several times, and it's <laughs> inspiring to me, too. Cause I I don't have I don't I don't have any addictions either, but I'm like surprised when I go. Yeah, yeah for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and for our kids, I I don't think of it like like a warning or a cautionary tale. I, I this is a really powerful testimony for them yeah. that mm-hmm. how they are is not how they have to be, yeah. right? Um, and that there's always a way forward. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and yeah, we hope that they. Turn out like you guys, Man. willing to put in work to right. yeah. be the people that God wants them to be. Yeah. So Alfonso, tell me when you look back on your life and your time in recovery, what are you most what are you most proud of? You've done a lot. Can I brag on you a minute? Because Alfonso was voted alumnus of the year for Serenity Inns in twenty nineteen. You have a lot to be proud of, and you're on staff there now. And mm-hmm. for, and you, I think you're gonna be. Is this, are you the first in your family to be going to college and Oh, yeah, man, like my media family, yeah. You have a lot to be proud of. Sorry, I should, I'll let you answer. <laughs> what are you, what are you proud of? You, you've done so um, much. What are you proud of? Yeah, I'm uh, really proud of, my, um, of myself about really coming out my shell and my comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, a lot of my life, you know, I end up having, um, self-esteem issues and depression issues and I really didn't put a lot into anything that I did besides messing up mm-hmm. and I put so much into that because it was easy you know and 
Yeah, even, you know, gaining confidence back off what I looked at as such a failure, you know, was a little harder, you know, for me. And and even now, you know, as I walk and talk and I start to do different things, you know, I mean, I still may reflect back to, um, you know, to little stuff like that. And, you know, and, and, and I say it's little stuff now, um, but it has so much of a impact in how I grew up and the things I chose to do, um, and especially, you know, me and my mental, uh, drugs will scramble your mind up and make yeah. you think that you're all together, that you're whole and you have it, and you just don't. Yeah, although that's not only drugs. I think a lot of us, we can kind of be just going along, not trying that hard in our comfort zone, thinking we have it all together. And sometimes, you know, it's not such a bad thing when something comes and shakes us up and forces us to dig into our faith and dig into who we are and who we want to be. Yeah, what about that? So I know that like recovery is a huge part of your life and who you are, but tell us something about your life that doesn't have anything to do with recovery and I mean Tell it about you. I mean about me. Um I feel that I'm a nerdy type of guy. Um I'm just like Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, I just like stuff that, you know, meant simple things. But I had to learn to like simple things. Because um, if everything has to be grand or if it has to be so exhilarating, um, then what is what is is, is anything ever going to satisfy you? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, waking up clean is like the most beautiful thing in the world. And to drink my coffee... And about cigarettes is the last thing that I have to do away with. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me to have a cigarette and a cup of coffee is such a beautiful thing. Yeah, man. Yeah. It is. Um, and having a chance to do many things that you uh, that you want. Like, I still have dreams. I have aspirations. And they can actually happen. Yes. You know, they can actually happen. It's, it's not um, something that we call, um, I mean, when we used to be in the midst of uh, our chaos, it's called dope talk. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll come up with these plans. Oh, man, you know, I want to do this. All I have to do is do this, and I'm going to be all right next week. And and, and it's just, just not the truth. Yeah. Now your dreams actually... Our dreams yeah. that can come true. Yeah. So tell us, uh, yeah, yeah. What do your dreams for the future look like now? What What are you dreaming Ooh. about, Alfonso? What are you dreaming about? Yeah, what am I dreaming about? And it's a simple thing. And I mean, I want to admit, employ some people, and I want to, to teach them some things that it took me a long time to learn um, about finances and stuff like that, saving, uh, living on a budget. Um, and be able to I mean, employ some people and make some good friendships and 
um, actually deal with each other in real terms of love. Um, not people say I love you and you know I got love for you, but in real terms of love by not seeing it, but actually showing it and reciprocating the acts. And you know, man, to actually help develop that give and take, you know, as a culture, you know, we is lost and it's gonna take some of us to help mend it back together. You know, uh, You know, I just uh, feel like for some of us that are stronger individuals, that I can't carry more weight than we should. You know, and, you know, a lot of my life, I feel like that I haven't did my due diligence with pushing the areas that I know that I should, with creating stuff that I know that I should. Uh, but I'm willing to do it now. So, hmm. tell, tell me what the you're tearing up a little bit. I wonder. I mean, wonder you know, just you know, talking about my life sometimes. Uh, you know, I go through this every you know, now and then. Hmm. Even just appreciation of where I'm at in life, and not because my financials are great or whatever like that. It's just because man, I know I have a chance. Yeah. You know. Uh, you know, any time of my life, you know, I thought I had a chance. I know it now. Yeah. Still some things, you know, I'm not a perfect person. Still some things that, you know, might need to change. But, I mean, I'm here. Yeah. You know, and... That's also a beautiful thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, I mean, I used to go through this because I used to... Uh, I mean, deliver produce early in the morning. I used to have to be at work at 3 o'clock in the morning. So, you know, I'd be in my 26-foot box truck and, you know, on my way to Grafton and Brown Deer and Saltfields and all of that. And, you know, early in the morning, it's like so quiet, so peaceful. You know, ain't too many people riding around at 3.30 in the morning yep. with 7,000 pounds of food to deliver. <laughs> and, um... You know, everything is quiet and it's still, and, and I used to be able to think, you know, I give it up to my higher power, and then I think about where I was a few years ago, and it, it's just a blessing. And, um, you know, when I think about it, you know, I cry in appreciation. Mm -hmm. um, just being able to even do this. Uh, it's a beautiful thing to me because when I was like in my younger years of life or whatever, I'm not talking in front of nobody. I'm not really talking to nobody. I'm sitting in the back of the class, you know, and I'm, I'm kind of hiding from the teacher, <laughs> you know, and I've always been an intelligent guy, right. but I never wanted the world to really see me, mm -hmm. man. But my understanding of it now is that so many people either look up to me or try to follow what I do to a certain accord. And sometimes it weighs kind of heavily on me because I haven't always led people to the right places. Right. Yeah, it's a lot of responsibility. Um, and, but I mean, like, somebody has to do it. Yeah. You know, man, somebody has to be a leader. Yeah. 
And um, what would you say to anybody who's listening who is maybe starting to think that they might be struggling with addiction themselves? Um, I mean, if you're thinking about it, then nine times out of ten you have a problem that you can't control on your own. Mm-hmm. And um, do what most don't. Just stop and just go and seek help. Mm-hmm. Um, and because if you wait too long, you might not have the opportunity to make it. Yeah. And I'll just add, you know, for people who are listening that um, at church, we would always be happy to talk with you about that and help connect you um, to awesome places like Serenity Inns. Yeah. Um, and we now have four different AA groups who meet in the building. And they are great resources too. Yeah, you yeah. know, I mean, it's been, man, I say it's been a long road, but like for me, that's that's the road that I like taking. Yeah. And, you know, I like it. You know, well, I won't say necessarily, you know, rough, but I don't like the easy job. And always, you know, that's what a guy said about me. He was like, I don't know what it is about you, man, but you. Like taking the hardest thing to do <laughs> and and doing it well, and then you pick something else that's hard as hell to do. Yeah. Um. Maybe because just the truth of the matter is that most people in the world don't want to do the hardest thing, mm-hmm. but somebody have to do it. Somebody have to really let people know that it's all right to take duties that you think that you might not do the best or succeed in yeah. because you still have time to do it again. Um, That's a word. Well, we will, that'll be our prayer for you, Alfonso. We will not pray that your life will be easy. We'll pray that it will be hard, but we'll pray that it will be hard in the best way possible and that you'll just keep finding new things to tackle and that you will get to watch dreams come true. And that you keep having some nice cigarette and cup of coffee uh, in yeah. the morning. That's, Not that's the cigarettes. <laughs> okay. We'll work, we'll, we'll work through that. That can be another dream. Another dream. I'm working through the cigarettes now. Oh, well, thank you both for your time. Mm-hmm. It's, it's so gracious of you to have me into your home and to share some me. of your story with us. On behalf of everybody at Unity and our podcast, Listeners, we give so much thanks for Alfonso and Sabrina for their honesty, their hospitality, their openness, uh, their wisdom, their willingness to share it with us. Thanks to all of you for listening in. And for those of you who are part of Unity financially, uh, if you've been around a while, you probably know any time that you give a gift to Unity's operating fund, a certain portion of it is set aside for our partners right now. That's at 12%. Um, So every time you give, part of it goes to places like Serenity Inns um, and people like Alfonso who um, end up being such a powerful investment, um, such a a channel for God to make transformation happen, to take small things and multiply them into big and powerful pieces of healing. So thanks to all of you, too who uh, we all are part of Alfonso's story. And that is a beautiful thing as well, to use his own words. So thanks to all of you for being with us. Be sure to check us out next week 
when we will be bringing you some updates on our uh, finally underway backyard project at the Christ the King campus. But bye for now and God bless you as you go.